Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Ephesians chapter 6? Verse 12, and I want to continue our series that I've started last week, and I'll continue today, and then finish next week on living in victory. Living in victory, and I can't think of a more apt title in times of war than living in victory. But I also want to open up this, um, this passage of Scripture in Ephesians 6, verse 12, that I think bookends... Uh, what we are talking about today. It's so important for us to understand this. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Come on, everybody say, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. When you war, it's not a war against human beings. And too often, we, we cause, we interpret our conflict against people. But Paul is saying, no, your wrestle is not against flesh and blood. And it goes on, it says, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This morning, I just want to open up your whole concept to spiritual forces. Um, Sweet so beautifully said that before she was saved, um, she was dominated by spiritual forces, but now she's on the Lord's side. Isn't that wonderful? And so we now are in tune with the Holy Spirit, who's also a spiritual force. And uh, how many of you believe in the Holy Spirit? He's a spiritual force, but there's also demonic spirits. And the Bible calls this a wrestle. It's interesting to do a word study of the word wrestle because to do a word study of the word wrestles implies a battle with purpose. And so the purpose of a wrestling match is for someone to defeat the other, for someone to paralyze the other. So in the Greco-Roman times when that Paul was talking about wrestling, the goal, the purpose was to pin someone down so that they were immovable. And when you pinned that person down and put your foot or hand upon his neck so the person was immovable, you won the battle. And what Paul is saying is that the purpose of the enemy with you is to pin you down so you're immovable. Pin you down so that you can't fulfill your God purpose. To pin you down. The flip side can also work where we wrestle against the enemy and pin him down so he is immovable and he cannot fulfill his purpose. Amen? See, that's spiritual warfare right there. And then what Paul does is that he describes who we wrestle and he describes them as principalities, powers, and rulers in spiritual wickedness. This word principality is the Greek word kosmokrato, uh, which is a world ruler, a spirit in a high place. 
It's really interesting. Again, you know, um, we, we don't see the, the levels of spiritual forces. But what Paul says is that there are levels. And it's really interesting that when we go to the book of Daniel and read the book of Daniel in chapter 10, he talks about two spiritual forces that were really relevant in his day when Israel was in captivity. And he talked about Michael, the archangel Michael, who was a ruler in spiritual forces, a defender of Israel. So the, the, the archangel Michael is appointed with a purpose to defend the nation of Israel. And then what Daniel sees in the spirit realm is the archangel Michael doing warfare with the prince of Persia. So these rulers of powers, these powerful forces. Now, again, you know, I say to you, don't be afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid of these powerful forces. Just understand that they are powerful forces, but Jesus is stronger. Jesus is mightier. And, uh, but what happens is that we either minimize or we overestimate. And it's like, come on, there's got to be a balance somewhere. And the balance that we as Christians keep is Jesus defeated the enemy. And yes, they might be powerful, but Jesus is more powerful and they are under our feet in the mighty name of Jesus. Can anybody say amen? And so, and so then the Bible talks about these two words, darkness and wickedness, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And anything to do with demonic forces brings darkness and wickedness, darkness and wickedness. Now, we are people of the light and we are people of purity. That's the big difference. People of the light and people of purity. People of purity delight in hospitality, delight in love, delight in giving, delight in lifting people up. We're people of the light. We delight in the truth. But people of darkness, man, they will speak lies. They will speak deception. You can't trust them to tell the truth. Listen, listen, one of our problems as people of the light is that we think everybody's telling the truth. When people talk, we think everybody's saying the right thing. And so it's just absolute rubbish. People in darkness cannot tell the truth if their life depended upon them. So you never believe what they say because they're telling lies. And their lies cover up their wickedness. And I want to say to you that there are spiritual forces at play to draw you into darkness and wickedness and to stop you from fulfilling the God purpose. And that's what we need to wrestle. And the name of Jesus is powerful. So this morning, just continue on some of the spirits that cause damage to us here in Australia. And uh, one of the biggest spirits that causes damage is the spirit of fear. And I spoke about this uh, all, all the way in September, about how God has not given us a spirit of fear. But it's a spirit. And a spirit, a spirit did I say ferret? I was thinking a ferret, a spirit. It's like a ferret, you know, just hides and, you know, just a spirit of, of fear. Their work is this. They have a purpose and the purpose is to intimidate you, to stop you moving forward. And fear always does that. It just keeps you constrained. It keeps you in a small space when God wants to release you to do amazing things for him. Then then the next one I spoke about is the spirit of harlotry that's mentioned in Hosea 
Hosea 5.4. Maybe harlotry is a word that's pretty old-fashioned. Let me give you a new word, immorality. It's this immoral spirit that is just being spewed out upon the world today. And it is a real spirit. And this spirit is evidenced in the media. It's evidenced in every single movie that comes out of Hollywood or Bollywood or whatever wood that you want to talk about. You know, but it's rotten wood, I'll tell you right now. Uh, it's decayed wood. And uh, it's spewing out immorality. See, the purity that God gives is the purity of sexual relationship within the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. I'll say it again, in the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. And anything outside of that, whatever name you want to give it, is the spirit of immorality. And God wants us as his people to be a holy people and return back to purity. Now, can I just say that I'm not being a bully when I say this. I, I, I'm not trying to make people feel unsafe. John, I, I'm feeling unsafe because, you know what? This ought to be the safest place in the world. Why? Because we're telling you the truth of God's word. We're not here to bully you. We're here to save you. This is the safest place on the planet. And we do it with love. And you know what? If you put up your hand and say, would you help us? And you know what? Last week we had someone put up their hand and say, would you help us? And stand up, Joe. Stand up. This is Joe Tam, one of our board members. But Joe, Joe's, Joe and Peggy's ministry is to help people uh, overcome a lot of the stuff that, uh, that, that is binding them. And so if, if you've got something that's bothering you in, in this whole realm, we want to take you on a journey. Sure, we're going to pray for you, but more than just pray for you, we want to help you remove and replace. And I'm going to talk about that later on, how it's one thing to renounce. It's another thing to remove and replace. And uh, we want to help you go on a journey of detoxifying yourself and retraining yourself so that your mind doesn't go there because your mind gets damaged. And so we want to renew your mind and take you on a journey of recovery. And Joe and uh, David Chalapa as well uh, are here to help you. And uh, we've got women as well that can help the women that are struggling in that area. Give Joe a great big thank you. Another spirit that a lot of people need to deal with, I find is called the spirit of heaviness. And Isaiah 61 verse 3 talks about the spirit of heaviness. And the spirit of heaviness removes your joy. It, it removes the color out of your life. And um, I, I went on a, a motorbike ride yesterday with a friend of mine called Murray Newman. And his wife has just written a book called Treasures in Heaven. And it's her story of 10 miscarriages. 10 miscarriages. And just, just Susie Newman's journey. So if you, if you want to go on Amazon and buy the book, it's called Treasures in Heaven. How God helped her to turn away her grief. To see that every single one of her lost children were treasures in heaven. 
And it's just a powerful thing. The fact is that we all go through grief. We all go through pain and anguish. But what the enemy wants to do when you're going through your grief and your pain and anguish is to say, I've got a robe for you. I've got this cloak for you. And this robe and this cloak, I want you to wear. It's called the cloak of heaviness. And it's just a dark robe and it just keeps you in a dark place. And, and especially when the lights are off and you're by yourself, this robe sort of smothers you and it covers you over. And God says, no, I, I want to come and, and replace that robe of heaviness with a garment of praise and take away the pain and give you joy and, and turn things around the darkness and put color back into your life. And, and we've got to confront these spirits, the spirit of heaviness. And if, if until I articulate it, some of you are carrying it without even realizing it. And sometimes what you need is a preacher to articulate, well, maybe you're carrying this spirit of heaviness, this garment of heaviness, rather than a garment of praise. And do you wake up in the morning full of life and joy? Or do you wake up in the morning depressed? Because if you wake up in the morning depressed, maybe your spirit of heaviness has just been stifling you and God wants to turn it around and set you free. Another one that we spoke about, and man, I tell you, I could spend so much time on all of these spirits, but I don't have the time. But just to, I just want to articulate and just expose them for what they are. Spirit of infirmity. I really believe, you know, over the years, Anne and I, uh, as pastors, have discovered that there are certain people that every time you hear from them, they go from one disaster to another disaster to another disaster. It's as soon as so and so is on the phone, you know it's not going to be good news. You just know. You just know it's, it's another disaster. And I really believe there are spirits of infirmity that are out there just bringing disaster upon people. And they just go, once they've overcome one, another one's on its way. Somehow, somewhere, they've opened a door. And all these spirits, you've got to find where the door is that you've opened for them to come in so we can close the door. But if you're just going from disaster to disaster, it's one thing after another. Come on, it's a spirit of heaviness. Let's find what it is. Then find how it's getting in. Shut the door. Remove, replace in the mighty name of Jesus so that you don't have to go from disaster to disaster for the rest of your life but you can have some respite for goodness sake. And Jesus wants to give you a bit of respite, you know. Yeah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Um, The spirit of the Antichrist is another big spirit and it's the spirit that is anti-Christ, anti the things of God, anti, anti, anti. And seriously, you know, now now that we're online, the pressure is on. John, you've got to be so careful because you don't know who's listening. You can't be ranting anymore and raving on about stuff because people are listening and they might do stuff. And it's like, oh, and so, and so I'm just, you know, just so careful about everything I say. Now, there's wisdom in being careful. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to be tongue-tied. I don't want to have my arms bound where I can't declare the Word of God because someone's going to be offended. Because the Word of God offends. Jesus offended people, ladies and gentlemen. You know, do a survey of the scribes and Pharisees in the days of Jesus and find out how they were offended by everything He had to say. But we're not here to offend. We're here to declare truth. Seriously. And if I say it in a tone that's offensive, 
then I'm happy to adjust my tone because tone is really important to this generation. But I'm not happy to adjust my truth. I'll adjust my tone, but not the truth. I'll stand for the Word of God day in and day out. I believe this book is the inspired Word of God from cover to cover, from Genesis through to Revelation. It's the inspired Word of God. I believe everything in this book is true. I believe it's inspired by God and it's the basis on which we do life well. Anybody that replaces this is replacing it with something that is not powerful and right. And as soon as you start questioning the validity of this book, there's cracks in your foundation and it'll only lead to downfall. But if you can just base your belief system on this book, you'll overcome. Let me finish. I got to finish. I got two minutes. Musicians, you can come out. To to confront the spirits that you're confronting, first thing you got to do is renounce them. There is power in renunciation. There is power when you renounce the hidden things of shame. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.2 says. We have renounced the hidden things of shame. If you don't renounce it, they'll stay there. Renounce is, I'm done with you. No longer do I want you in my life. I renounce you in the name of Jesus. So find what it is in your life that's causing you havoc and just renounce it. In the, I said to you before in the Old Testament to divorce someone, you just have to say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. And that was it. The marriage was over. Your marriage with these demonic spirits have to be divorced. And so what you've got to do, I divorce you. I renounce you. I bring you down. I want nothing to do with you in the mighty name of Jesus. But you don't stop there. Now you move into the next section where you start to rebuke them and confess the name of Jesus. So you rebuke these spirits. You say, the Lord rebuke you. I bind your power. I stop you from having authority over me. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. That's where the power is, in the name of Jesus. When you stand in the name of Jesus, you stand in God's authority. You stand in God's power. And then you just confess, Jesus, Jesus, I'm yours. I belong to you. See, you renounce the enemy and you confess Jesus. You renounce, confess. I I belong to Jesus. I'm a God lover. I'm on the Lord's side. I renounce the spirit of darkness. I'm now in the kingdom of God's divine light. I've stepped over the line. I, I don't care who hears me. Matter of fact, I want every demon in hell to hear me. I renounce you and I want every angel in heaven to say, I belong on the Lord's side. It's just something powerful about doing that. I, I just call all of eternity to witness, every spiritual force to witness. I'm on the Lord's side. I'm, oh, well, you better be careful because the enemy will attack you. I don't care. He's already done that, but I've renounced him. He has no authority over me. I'm under the blood. I'm under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of Jesus. But then you've got to remove and replace. And this is where the whole thing falls down with so many people that don't remove and replace. There's this story that Jesus gives in 
Matthew chapter 12 about when a house is cleaned of all these demonic forces. It's cleaned, it's tidy. And Jesus describes the house as clean and tidy, but it hasn't been replaced. So the spirit has been removed, but it hasn't been replaced. So it's empty. And so the Bible says that after a while, it goes around in dry places, it comes back and goes, hey, fellas, we've been removed, but we haven't been replaced. And so all of a sudden, hey, the house is empty. Let's go in. And they have a big party there. And the Bible says that second way is worse than the first. And so this is what I've noticed with some people. They want to get baptized. Will you baptize me? Yeah, we'll baptize you. Sure, we'll baptize you. Absolutely. But you just got to remember that baptism is the beginning, not the end. No, but I want it to be the end. No, it's not the end. It's the beginning. I want my sins removed. Wonderful. But now you've got to replace. No, all I just wanted is removed. Hello? Hello out there? If you're out there, baptism is not the magic bullet. It's the beginning, but not the end. What's the end? Replacing, getting filled with the Spirit of God, getting filled with the Word of God, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we are filled with the presence of God. Now we're filled with a different Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not just emptiness. It's the presence of Almighty God. And when the presence of Almighty God is in a human being, I'm telling you, demons begin to quake. They begin to tremble. They begin to run in fear because because the presence of God is in the believer. Amen. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.